0: Good morning, morning, all the beloved saints. (laughs) James is not here this morning, as you can tell. (laughs) They had two soccer games. I'm not used to hearing myself. This is funny, but it's okay. (laughs) Um, So. I have an opportunity to share with y'all this morning. And I'm, I'm really excited, but I'm really nervous. Uh, but that's okay. And I think we'll just start with prayer. <laughs> Daddy, you are so good. Your loving kindness is better than life itself. Because of that, we will <laughs> praise you. We will bless you. We will rejoice in who you are. We thank you for what Jesus did. And Lord, I ask this morning that you would just have your way by your Holy Spirit. That you would speak what you want to speak. That you would just bless us with your presence. We are so grateful, Lord, to be able to get together like this and not not be afraid. To gather in the name of Jesus. Amen. We just rejoice in that and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs> well, there are several things that I want to share. And um, so I'm going to look at my notes here. <laughs> because it will just help me get started. In December, I had the opportunity to go to Israel. And that was a life changing experience. And I've been wanting to share about that, but that's not what I'm going to share about today. <laughs> but I'm going to just tell you a couple little things before I get started so I can quit shaking. Um, one thing that hit me when we got there, <clears throat> excuse me, and started driving around, the whole place is full of rocks. Mountains and rocks everywhere, rocks all in the fields. These mountains. Sorry. Did I come loose? No, I gotta just. I <laughs> got yeah, that <should> work better. <laughs> um, there, you know, we have these gorgeous mountains in North Carolina, and we know they're rocks and we see the rocks, but it's different. Because they're all full of trees and stuff. And they're trees. They're big, beautiful palm trees and all kinds of things over there. But the rocks are everywhere. And I kept thinking about that, all the scriptures with the rocks. And that he is our rock. And that um, he told Moses, I have a place with me or by me in, in the rock. And I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And then remember when Jesus rose from the dead and all the rocks were split open all I could see were every one of these mountains and all of these rocks just bursting wide open when he comes back and unleashing the glory of God to the whole world. And it just like I was standing there on the Mount of Olives just going, whoa, <laughs> because you just think about that glory coming forth. When he comes in over in Isaiah chapter 40, it says... Every eye will see the glory of God. And um, so anyway, wanted to talk about that just a little bit. The other thing that was really funny, that was really weird, there are cats all over that country. Loose cats. They're just wandering around everywhere, loose, free, wild, but they're nice. They're not mean. So I kept going, cat, 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 in Israel. Yes, all over. So um, that was just a blessing to me because I like cats. Um, Okay. Being there, God gave me the opportunity to see several things that really struck my spirit. And since then, he's been showing me more and more about what's going on and where we are, what season we're in in the body of Christ Um, one of the things he said before I went and I just feel like somebody needs to hear this today he doesn't want us to be concerned about anything he wants us to be free of all concern because he is good and he is going he is meeting and he will meet every single need we have every need And he's saying just rest, rest in him. But God, because of the way the conference ended, remember what James said? If y'all were at the conference last week, remember what James said? That um, God confirms the word of his grace with signs and wonders. And then last week in Sunday school, Mark that was here that was awesome, before he started speaking, James said that scripture again well that's what god started speaking to me when we were in israel that he that we are in a season where we're going to start seeing it's not that the body of christ hasn't seen miracle signs and wonders because we have all through the ages from the beginning to now but we're in a season of fullness the season of the feast of the tabernacles and that means harvest and fullness but in the process of this thing, he's going to come to us and appear to us in ways that we might not be expecting, in ways that appear to be different. So we're, it's important that we renew our mind and leave behind our preconceived ideas about God and about how he's going to appear and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so he might appear in ways that we don't expect, that look different. Remember the donkey in the Old Testament, how he spoke through a donkey? Remember the spit in the mud in the New Testament when Jesus did that and put it on the people? Uh, uh, that's, you know, a little strange. Remember the water pots? at the wedding feast that held water and what happened to them when he was there they turned to wine and um, there are just so many examples how he appears in different kind of ways so we want to stay open open and not closed by the power of his Holy Spirit and everything that everything that we do and say and hear is all on the foundation of the cross of Jesus Christ and his finished work. It's not, I don't want to anybody to misunderstand that I'm saying we have to work, work, work to get approved or accepted by God. Jesus finished the whole thing. He does have a timetable, though. Um, and we're in a time of fullness and blessing. <clears throat> um, it was back in two thousand and nine or eight that Clark did a whole teaching on the feast of Israel. Well, if you can get hold of those and listen to them, they're really good because he's got a lot of revelation in there about what's happening now and what's getting ready to happen. But we want to stay open to God. We don't we don't want to get stuck in our old mindset. We want to ask the Holy Spirit to continue to renew our mind according to the Word of God and to help us see. Open our eyes and help us see this new thing that he's doing. This is one thing that I really heard strong in my spirit. Let go of yesterday and hear him today, which is every day. Um, he's the same God, but he's showing up differently. Sometimes that makes me feel... a Feelings have nothing to do with the new creation, but we do have feelings. And sometimes when when you hear the Spirit say, I may appear to you and come to you in a way that you weren't expecting, sometimes that puts a little bit of uh, hesitation and fear in there. But perfect love casts out fear. And we have already perfect love in our hearts. Because he himself has shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit his love. And that is perfect love. So if we rest on that, that will drive out all that fear. It may not happen like that, we, but it happens. It really does. And that, per, that love is perfected in us because he is love and he lives in us by his Spirit. Um, <clears throat> One of the things in the Old Testament somewhere, because I didn't bother to look it up, it says, The glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Well, what are we? We are His house, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And together we are the living stones. So the glory of this latter house will be greater than the glory of that stone and rock temple. Okay, so that's getting ready for him to live his life out through us. Um, he says, take courage. For it is God who is at work in you. And I want us to turn over there to that scripture just a minute in uh, Philippians. We're going to get to the thing in a minute. But I, <laughs> I don't know. You just sort of ramble around sometimes. Um, Philippians chapter 2. And you know, so many people, I can remember... Years ago, a friend quoting this to me over and over, and I just didn't even know what to make of it. It was chapter 2, verse 12. And it says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And it was like, but they never did quote the next verse. Well, finally, one day I looked it up (laughs) and listened to this. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure. And I think it's kind of interesting that his is an added word. It's in italics. Um, So the translators put that in to help us try to understand it better. But let's read it just for a moment without that. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for good pleasure, for delight and satisfaction. That's interesting. So it's God in us working. With that said, we are his children. We are his beloved. Um, He is living in the midst of us. It is in the inner man. That has be- believed and received, believe that Jesus Christ is who He says He is and He did what He said He did. Because the scripture says very clearly if you don't believe, you will die in your sin. But when you believe, He, by His Spirit, comes in and lives inside of this body. Imagine that. That is amazing. God, the creator of all his life, his love, his light, his power, his flame, his authority, because we have been made complete in Christ, it says. So, we are those living stones together. So, so, okay, think about Elijah over in the Old Testament. He did a whole lot Of miracles, didn't he? By the power of God that came upon him, was God was not living in him, but He came upon him, and He did lots of miracles. And then, and there's a lot we could say, but I'm not going to get into all of that. Then, God spoke to him and told him to anoint Elijah, Elisha, to follow him as a prophet. And when and he did that. And when Elijah was getting ready to leave this earth, he, Elisha asked him, he says, I want a double portion of your spirit. And he said, well, that's a really hard thing. But if you see me go, I guess you'll get it. If you don't see me go, you won't. Y'all all know that story. So sure enough, Elisha was there with Elijah when he left. And he saw him leave, and he got a double portion of his spirit. Isn't that interesting? Of his spirit. And, um, and his mantle fell off, and he picked it up, you know, and he hit the Jordan River and passed through again. And there's all kind of pictures and types in this, but this isn't where we're going today with that. Anyway, Elisha did double the miracles That Elijah did. And. Okay. This is just so cool. Second Kings chapter 13. You know they did all kind of good stuff. Y'all have all heard it. You've read it. You know like raising the axe head out of the water. Raising little boys from death. You know, the oil never running out of the lady's jar. On and on it goes. I mean, really cool signs that a human being can't do. Where is is Second Kings? Oh, here it is. Okay. Second um, Kings chapter 13. Now, Elijah's gone, Elisha has gone through his whole life, and he's getting ready to go on. And leave his body. And it says in verse 20. I know we're skipping a lot of stuff. But we've got to get to the good part. Okay. Elisha died. And they buried him. Now the bands of Moabites would invade the land in the spring of the year. As they were burying a man. Behold. They saw a marauding band. They cast the man that was dead into the grave of Elisha and when the man touched the bones of Elisha he revived and stood on his feet. Now just maybe this is just maybe that is a picture of the power and I don't know all this stuff but of the power and the anointing That is in the new creation. That is inside of us. I mean, the guy was dead. His flesh had fallen off. There were only bones there. Flesh and blood do not inherit the kingdom of God. But it doesn't doesn't say anything about the bones. And you know, when Jesus came back in his glorified body, he walked around and he ate. So he had to have had some bones in there to hold him up. You know, the whole molecular structure was changed. But anyway, that could be a picture of the glory of God that resides inside the new creation. The bones, you know, the marrow is all the way on the inside of the bones and the marrow is where the blood is formed. I don't know, but that's kind of exciting to think about, isn't it? All right, so then you skip all these years and you get over to the book of Acts. So let's, we're going to read a couple of scriptures in Acts. First, go to Acts 14. Because I wanted to read this to you. Um, because of what James has said over the last several weeks, and I just wanted to read this scripture to show you he wasn't just making up a scripture. (laughs) It's really cool. Chapter 14, verse 3 says, Therefore they spent a long time there, the disciples. um, Okay, I lost my spot. Speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord, who was testifying to the word of his grace granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands so there it is he confirm and one translation says he confirms his word of grace granting that signs and wonders would be done that's i mean those were just regular men and women i think i want to add that That were walking around with the living God by his spirit living in them. It wasn't anything to do about them. It was because of what Jesus had done. That he became sin, took our sin, our sickness, our disease, all of that. So that he could give to us his righteousness, his health. His life, his light, his love, his glory, his very fire of love. It's a love celebration. Okay, so turn to Acts chapter 3. We're going to go to a very familiar story here. It's where Peter and John were going to the temple. um, And... You know, they, all, they would come and they would put that uh, man that was crippled from his mother's womb out there to beg. And so they're walking here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and they see this guy. Um, and, they, and he was looking at them. And they say to him in verse 4, But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look on us. That's kind of interesting because we're so busy saying, don't look at us. But they said, look on us. So, in verse 5, he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive that's interesting, too, isn't it? Expecting to receive um, expecting to receive something from them, but Peter said, "I do not possess what silver. right. how we've heard that it wasn't until just the other day this hit me so new and fresh. I do not possess silver and gold." But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And seizing him by the hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. What I do have? What did they have? They had the presence of God. Inside of them. That means they had the authority. Because Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so you go out there. They had the authority to give to him healing in, by faith in what Jesus had done. And who it was, it was living in them. That is amazing to me. They said, what I have. Well, that never... 30 years I've been reading this scripture. And, and, you know, it's like, how thick can anybody be? It takes for... But anyway, so then... But he didn't see the manifestation right that minute, did he? What What did they do? Oh, you almost hate to use that word. <laughs> but But they just... They said, what what I have, I give to you. Reached down, grabbed his hand, and yanked him up. That was a step of faith. Because they didn't see with their eyes any evidence of healing. Until they grabbed his hand and lifted him up. Let's read it again. What I do have, I give to you in the name of wasn't in their power. It was in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Walk. They didn't pray, oh God, please. No. They just said, they gave a command and the authority that they had in them. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up. And then immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. And then all the people went crazy, acting, woo, you know, ah, you know how we would do, you know. And they start running and trying to lift up Peter and John. And they were very quick in verse 16. And on the basis, he says, and on the basis of faith in his name, where somewhere before that it said, don't look at it, don't, we're, it's not us that did it. It's in his name. And then you get down here to 16. On the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man, whom you see and know, and faith, and the faith which comes through him, has given him this perfect health. The basis of the name. The name of Jesus and the faith which comes through him. It all comes back to him, doesn't it? He himself, God, the God of all creation, has done of his own free accord, he has made it this way so that we can relate to him and we can walk around on this earth. Now why he did it like this just because he wanted to. Because he wants a family. He's looking for a bride. He wants a family. So anyway, then you get, a, he did it because he loves us. That's what I was going to say. And he wants a family. And, um, you know, sometimes you think it would have been nice if the second you got saved, you just went on to be with him. But, that, but you know, because we will have uh, tribulation in this world, but we can be of good courage We can be bold. We can have encouragement and comfort knowing that he's overcome this world, regardless of what's going on. But it's in his name. Okay, that's one of the miracles by just regular, ordinary people. Regular, ordinary people. Look over, um, because we just really want to emphasize this for a minute. Well, verse 4, he goes through and keeps saying, in the name, in the name, in the name. And he's talking about in the name of Jesus. Remember a few months ago how James talked about the name of Jesus and we can we have the right and the authority by him to use that name. Oh. Anyway, chapter 4 verse 13. Now, as they observed the confidence or the boldness Another translation says, of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. And one translation says just ordinary folk. <laughs> I love that. Just regular, ordinary men. They hadn't been to seminary. They had, well, they had been. But anyway, we're going to get um, uneducated and untrained according to their laws and their society. Um, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having gone to church every day for a year, as having sung in the choir forever, as as having read their Bible six hours a day, as having um, given food to the poor. No, it doesn't say any of that. They recognized them as having... Oh, where is it? Now I've lost my spot. Began to recognize thank you as having been with Jesus. Our precious our precious Jesus. Precious, precious Jesus. What he did, what he did for us is beyond comprehension. As having been with Jesus and seeing the man who had been healed. Standing with them. They had nothing to say. You know, it's almost like he used all through the book of Acts and in the New Testament these these unorthodox miracles and signs as advertisement to draw people and get their attention and to shut their mouth and let them know, hey, there's somebody here bigger than the rest of us. Um as having been with Jesus, that is the most important thing of all, to just know that we're with him, that he, he is with us. He wants to be with us. He loves us. He cares about us. Um, okay. Okay, I want you to turn back to Philippians chapter 2 again. And that's just one of the miracles recorded here. Um, over, over in the, as you're going to Philippians, over in the book of Revelation, you don't need to go there. In chapter 19, it says, Let us rejoice and be glad, for the um, marriage of the Lamb has come, and the, it has been given to the bride clothe herself in uh, fine linen, bright and clean, and the fine linen are the righteous acts of the saints. Well, that at one time would have thrown me into a total tizzy. But in chapter 15 of Revelation, it says that his righteous acts, it's talking about him and how awesome he is and his righteous acts. Then, as we all know, we just read over here in Philippians, it is God in us working to do According to his good pleasure. So it's God in us in Ephesians, it says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that he prepared ahead for us to walk in. So the bride is walking in the good works that he has already prepared for her to do by faith in him and what he did letting him live his life out through us as we walk around touching people in our everyday life. So go now, Philippians chapter 2 again. This is just cool. Um, right where we were reading, verse 13, For it is God who is at work in you, Uh, who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure, do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. Now, I have some footnotes here where it says lights. Um, It says, as luminaries or stars in a crooked and perverse generation. Now, God didn't put things in here just to be taking up space. He knows what's written in here. And as we go further and further into the end times, which we know we're all in. We've been in them since... Since Jesus ascended, (laughs) well, you know, we're further into it now today than we were yesterday. And as we walk around in this world, letting what was that old song we used to sing as little kids in Sunday school? Let your little light shine or something like that. (laughs) Yes, that's good, Dale. I'm going to let it shine. Well, that captured me when I was a little girl. And I thought, wow, we can shine like lights. You know, kids, they take things literally. Well, as I grew, I really believed that. And then would speak it to a few of my friends. Oh, my word. <laughs> Talk about persecution. <laughs> and getting laughed at and like, oh, that's just metaphorical, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, no. It is not, it's real, it's true. The darker the world gets, the brighter the light will appear. And I want to give you a little, a really neat little example. Am I doing okay, do I have to finish? Quick, okay, Um, the moon. The moon was full not too long ago. I don't know if any of y'all saw it, but there were a couple days where it was ah, exceptional. And when it was first coming up, it was huge and it was gold and it was beautiful. Well, the next morning, I got up early to go for a walk because I like to walk early, sometimes in the dark. And but the the sun had come up, but the moon was still up there on the opposite side. (laughs) But it was small, but it was still round, and it was white. And I thought, wow, that is so interesting because it talks about the moon being the faithful witness in the sky. And we are to be nothing but witnesses. Witnesses don't have to do anything. They don't make a judgment. They're not the, um, the jury. They just sit there and witness. You know, if you're in a courtroom, the witness just gives a witness. Well, we can just give a witness by being who we are and letting his light shine out of us. The moon goes through different phases. Sometimes you see a great, big, beautiful moon. Oh, yeah, that's good. That really is cool. You know, that might be Peter and John doing this miracle. Might be Gail praying for somebody and seeing them healed that fast. We're going to see more and more of that, too. I can guarantee you. Um, He's not leaving us in our comfort zone. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, okay, the moon. So sometimes you only see this little, like, fingernail of the moon. Sometimes when it's called a new moon, you can't even see it. But it's still there being a witness. And there's no need to get condemned about if you feel like, oh, so and so is doing such and such and here I sit. Are you being with Jesus? You know? Are you letting him just love on you? That's what he wants to do. So I guess that's mainly mainly what I wanted to say today. He has kicked us into another level through this conference. We, so, something's different. Something's changed. And we're, he is moving his body. And we have the privilege of being a part of it and, and yielding and just saying, okay, Lord, I'm open to you. I'm saying take courage. Don't get scared. Live with your life open to God, expecting to receive something, expecting to see him come to you in a way you wouldn't expect. Though um, during the conference, we had ladies here that were from Singapore. I never expected that God would send three little angels to me. But though we connected, and they are the most precious women, and they have prayed for me ever since and called me on the phone since they've been back home. It's like, oh God, if I hadn't been open... I could have missed out on that whole thing. So I'm just saying, God loves you so much. Take courage. Get rid of yesterday. Forget it. Forget all that. He's forgotten it all. And move on. Let him have his way in your life. Um, And I just wanted to close with this. I wrote down, because I knew I'd forget if I didn't write it down. Okay, I just want to sort of pray this prayer over you or speak this blessing or however you want to say it. Your daddy God says to you, I love you. I have drawn you to myself with cords of love. I love you with an everlasting love, and I know you. You are known by me. I know you, and I love you, and I know everything. Everything, your sins and your lawless deeds, I remember no more. And I love you forever. You are my treasure, my possession, my delight. My desire is for my beloved. You are my beloved. You are my favored one. I love you. Come to me. So, amen. Amen. And thank you for your patience.